Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. And I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Thank the Lord, amen, for the ministry and music and song, amen. Surely we have the victory in, in Christ Jesus. In every situation, in every circumstance, even when it doesn't seem like it, amen. amen. Remember, we don't live by what we see. We live by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's gotten the victory for us. Amen. And our, our scripture this morning, Exodus chapter 4, and I'm going to read here verses 13 through 18. But remember, this account actually starts in chapter 3, and it goes through uh, chapter 14. Well, you can read this whole section. will give you more context of this message, but... In Exodus chapter 4, I'm going to pick up where I left off earlier. Amen. Uh, verse 13. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will, glad, will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to say. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take the staff in your hand, so you will perform the signs with it. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Have you ever said, pick somebody else? Get somebody else. You may not have said it to the Lord, but you may have said, Pastor, not me. Ask somebody else. I want to talk about, and, and, and I, I still believe this is a developing message, uh, fighting the feeling of inadequacy. Fighting the feeling of inadequacy. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word in the things that you sent your word to. So you sent your word to us today. Thank you for prospering your word that you sent to the things in our lives, in our minds, in our spirits, in our psyche that your word needs to address today. We avail ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Fighting the feeling of inadequacy. Hmm. So feelings of inadequacy or the feeling of inadequacy abounds in people's lives. Would you not say? Throughout the world. It's not just here in Tabernacle of Praise. It's not just me. It abounds in so many situations in so many people's lives. If you ever thought you were the only one who felt like you didn't add up or you didn't come up to the level of someone else. Let me tell you, you are not the only one. You are not the only one. You're not the only one. Sometimes in life, we're put in places where we simply can't do what other people can do easily. And because of the ignorance and crudeness of people, 
and the harsh and mean-spirited words they use, we may feel like we are inadequate. We may feel like we're inadequate. Still, we're not the only ones. Tell yourself, I'm not the only one. The only one. Sometimes, sometimes uh, people throw off on you. Yeah, because you can't do what they do. And you feel inadequate, but let me tell you, you are not the only one. The history of African Americans in this country and the way we've been treated as a people have left many of us feeling less than others. Still, we are not the only ones. It's important to know that, that anytime you feel this way, you are not alone. However, that's not the only thing that you need to know, all right? You also need to know that you can win in the struggle against the feeling of inadequacy. You can win. You can win because your adequacy is not dependent solely upon how you feel. It's not dependent solely upon the situation you may find yourself in or put in, nor is it dependent solely upon what people say to or about you. Amen. It's not. Now, now the word inadequacy, the word inadequacy means lacking the quality or the quantity required. It means insufficient for a purpose. It's not having enough or deficient in some area, okay? And there are areas we're deficient in, all right? I've taken piano lessons, but I'm way deficient. I would never try unless the Holy Spirit took me to that piano and said, play. And if the Holy Spirit did that, if the Holy Spirit did that, I would play. Are you understanding me? But it has to be him, not me. We're inadequate in areas. That's true. I mean, that's and inadequacy is a part of life, you know. And, 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 but there are situations, there are things that we're asked to do, and because of that feeling of inadequacy, we shrink back because we think we can't. In our minds, in our psyche, we think we can't. Last Sunday, during praise and worship, uh, if you see me text, if you see me pull out my phone and I'm... Something else is going on, and you see me typing or texting, right, looking like I'm texting or doing something. More than likely, I'm writing down something the Lord said. And that happened last Sunday during praise and worship. It just, just like, like, it just, during praise and worship, this just dropped on me. And I had to stop and I had to, I had to make some notes. And the only thing I had was my phone in my hand. And I started making notes on my phone. And I wrote down how to fight the feeling of inadequacy. Actually, someone came to me after worship last Sunday and started talking about this, and I said, you know, the Lord just spoke to me about that, and I will more than likely preach on this next Sunday. And so here I am today, feeling a bit inadequate to fully address the issue, but I've got to address the issue. And I believe that what the Lord says will help someone. I believe it will help someone. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, and then, then, then we go back to the statement, you are not alone. You're not alone. There are many people in this world today who feel inadequate in some way or another and have felt inadequate in some way or another. And now, now I want you to apply this across the board. You may feel inadequate as a husband. You may feel inadequate as a wife. You may feel inadequate as a student. You may feel inadequate as an athlete. You may feel inadequate in your educational pursuits, all right? Uh, you may feel inadequate on your job. There's just so many areas. Uh, let me ask a question. If anybody feels like being a little bit transparent, how many people in here have ever felt inadequate? I'll thank God for those of you who didn't raise your hand. I need you to come preach this sermon. Amen. We feel, we feel a bit inadequate, okay? And I felt that way many times in my life. 
There were times in childhood that I felt inadequate, all right? I was never a good baseball player, okay? But because all of my cousins and, and well, my brothers and my sisters, my sisters played softball, but at my age, my cousins and all of my friends uh, uh, were playing. I wanted to hang out with them, and I wanted to play too. But I was never good at playing baseball. I, could, I was kind of afraid of the fast, the hard balls, you know, you know, and, and the fast pitching. And I, I could never seem to strike at the, to swing my bat at the right moment. I don't think I ever tipped a ball. Are you understanding? You know, and, 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 and like we're doing now, because I wasn't good, other people laughed at me. My own cousins, my own friends laughed. And people have a way of doing that. You know, people are insensitive. And children are insensitive because they don't realize how that reflects on the person that feels inadequate. Anybody ever been there? You know, and, and we really have to talk to our children to teach them sensitivity. That's why bullying happens in school. You know, if you raise up in a house of bullies and they, they're sarcastic and they're always joking and poking and, and, and they teach you that. So you go and you do the same thing to other people, not realizing how that makes that person feels. So, you know, even though I would go and play ball, I always felt inadequate. I mean, they would laugh at me. They would call me names, you know, pick at me, you know, and I'm not just making this up now. I'm not just, but, 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 but I would go back because I wanted to be with my friends. You know, I never, I never learned to play baseball good. Never did. I could do good with softball. That ball was bigger and it wasn't coming as hard. You understand what I mean? You know, we, we don't, we don't realize, we don't realize what we do to people. And it can happen in the church. You know, if we tend to be, you know, uh, you know, very charismatic and, you know, uh, very, very vocal and we have the ability to, to do things. We can, we can make other people feel inadequate just by, just by the way we respond to them in their inadequacy because we tend to be insensitive many times not thinking about the other person and how they may feel. I hope this is, this is helpful to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you begin to feel subpar, and that's what it is, you feel less than. You feel not good enough. You know, uh, 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 it's difficult to overcome. And it will carry over in a lot of areas of life. All right? Yeah. It'll carry over in a lot of areas of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as I thought about, you know, my, my feelings uh, with baseball in childhood, Nobody came to me. Nobody, the coach didn't come and say, this is the way you do this. The coach never came and said, and my older brother never came and said, let me show you how to do this. This, this added to my feeling of being inadequate because even though I couldn't do it, somebody should have come along and said, let me help you. Let me show you how to do it. Am I talking to anybody in here today? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, we just kind of go along with the flow and you kind of push your feelings down on the inside of you. You know? And, and, and as men, let me say this. Right, this just came up, so I got to say it. As men, sisters, we tend to push our feelings down on the inside of us and hold our feelings back. Some of us, not all of us. And, and sometimes because you tend to be very vocal and expressive uh, and, and just let yours just come on out, you add to your husband's feeling of inadequacy that he may never have expressed to you. Or the guy that you're dating that he may never have expressed to you. Because he wants to come up. You know, he wants to, and he doesn't want to feel less than a man. And you never know what happened in childhood to make him feel less than. Am I talking to anybody? 
Maybe I can say amen right here. No, I need to go and tell you how you can fight this feeling of inadequacy. Because it's going to follow you all of your life. Amen. It's going to follow you all of your life. There are times when, I, when, I get, when I'm preparing to preach, I feel inadequate. I said to you this morning, I kind of feel inadequate because I don't feel like I've prepared this message the way it needs to be prepared. But there's something I've learned in this process that God is my sufficiency. Amen. I've learned that in this process of life that I don't have to always be, I can't be anybody else. Can I say that again? I cannot be anybody else. I can only be me. And let God be my sufficiency where I am. I can't, I can't. Now, now God never lets us just be satisfied. He meets us one place, but he wants us to get to a different place in him. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you know, when I was called to ministry, I felt inadequate. You know, I can, I can tell you the story of how I wrestled with the Lord and said, not me, Lord. Mm-mm. No, not me. The dreams, the visions that I had for the Lord to get me to open my mouth and say, yes, Lord. It was a journey. People would tell me, my pastor, even when I finally went to him and talked to him, he said, I've been waiting on you. Which I'm, I'm, I'm glad he was waiting on me. I'm glad he didn't try to push me. You know, you know. I'm really thankful nobody prophesied over me and prophesied me to the pulpit because I might have stepped out before my time. If I thought I was more, if I thought more of myself than I should have thought of myself, and somebody prophesied to me, I might have stepped out before my time. But I had to wait on the Lord, and the Lord had to deal with me in my dorm room. Amen. I've shared some of this. I won't share it all. In my dormitory room, the Lord would, the Lord would enter the room, and one time I got up and checked the door because I knew that when I went to sleep, I had locked the door. But somebody came in the room that day and talked to me. And, and when I came to myself, I got up and I, and I went to the door and I, I, I turned it to make sure. I said, what in the world is this? But it was God preparing me. And the day that I said yes, when, when I had that vision of the Lord picking me up, I was on the street somewhere. I don't know where I was. The, tree was. the street was lined with trees. I was the only person on the street, and I was caught up in a whirlwind. And I began to cry out to the Lord, Lord, save me, Lord, save me. And the Lord said, you gotta, I'm, I'm calling you to preach. I said, but Lord, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I can't do that. And I I said some other things to the Lord, and he said, don't worry about what people will say. Do what I called you to do. And when I said yes, the storm ceased. I didn't fall to the ground. The Lord put me back down on the ground, on the street, and the storm was over. And I went to my pastor, and I said yes to the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, now, as I preach this message, I don't want you to hear God is calling me to preach. <laughs> I don't want you to hear that. All right. But I do want you to hear that there's a call on your life in some form or another to be engaged in, what, in the work of the Lord. Our theme for this year is maintaining spiritual intensity for God's movement. And, you know, as the message last Sunday that Minister McFadden preached, the message before, uh, before that, all of that ties into helping us get to this place that we feel adequate enough to do the simple things that God has called us to do. Because too many of us are saying, I can't do that. I can't talk. I can't speak. I don't know what to say. You're saying, pardon me, Lord, please send somebody else. But when you are standing in Walmart and the Lord presents an opportunity for you to minister, there's nobody else there for the Lord to send because he sent you. 
When you're on your job and the situation arises for you to minister, there's nobody else. You can't say, Lord, you can't be talking to me. Please call Bishop. Please call Minister Simon. Please call Minister McFadden. He can talk better than me. I don't know what to say, Lord. You can't. No. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I did say that you're not the only one. And you're not. And we need to fight this feeling of inadequacy because this feeling of, of inadequacy um, will stop you from doing what God wants you to do. But it won't just stop you from, we need to expand this, okay? And all of this is a part of what God wants you to do because if you're on your job and the position comes up open to be supervisor, and you have the opportunity to take it, that could be God saying, I'm elevating you. You can't say, Lord, I'm not ready for this. You got to step into the role and let God be your sufficiency. Of course, that's some preparation you got to do. Y'all didn't say amen loud enough to that. You know what? The Lord is going to come back and he's going to look for faith in his people. Because many times in the body of Christ, we just don't have faith. And we don't have faith because we feel inadequate. That worked for him, but it's not going to work for me. Right. Yeah. Feeling inadequate works against us. Feeling inadequate works against our progress. Feeling inadequate works against our prosperity. Feeling inadequate works against our destiny. Feeling inadequate will leave you desperate, will leave you in a state of depression, will leave you zapped of strength and zapped of energy. It will leave you missing out on many opportunities of life to better yourself. Uh, I've learned, as I said, that God is my, is my sufficiency. So I've learned not to let these feelings of inadequacy overcome me. Oh, you don't know the Sunday mornings I got up and thought in my mind, Lord, let me call one of these ministers and elders and let them preach. And yep, it's just minister smiles out. Oh. <laughs> She's shaking her head. She ain't shaking her head like, Pastor, I understand what you mean. She said, Pastor, not me. <laughs> You know, so because when you, send, when you see us stand and minister and the Spirit of God takes over and we just begin to flow, we begin to speak and we begin to talk, you're saying, oh, they, you know, they're so good at doing this, but you don't understand the fight. You don't understand the struggle. You don't understand what we go to to get to this point. I heard Jonathan say, Minister McFadden say last week, he said, this week has been a struggle. I understood what you meant. Yeah, part of what you meant, I don't have a little baby <laughs> anymore, but I understood what you meant because you just don't know. It's like that, that, that I remember this young man uh, going with me to worship one time, and when I finished preaching, I, he, was, he was actually uh, one of my cases when I worked for DSS, and I was just you know, trying to give, it a, give him a different outlet, so I asked him to go to church with me that Sunday, go to worship. And when I finished preaching, we got back in the car, I was taking him back home. He said, wow. He said, I want you to let me preach. He said, you had all of those people looking at you and looking up to you. You know, and back then, that was when I was young. I was preaching hard back then. I would preach. Amen. I would preach until I was wet in my shoes. I learned when you finish preaching hard like that, some people still ain't going to change. So you might as well deliver the word <laughs> and save your voice. Amen. Save your strength. Amen. But, but, but yeah, and I, and I was like, okay, but... But this is bigger. This is more than you standing up on Sunday and then all of these words just come out of your mouth and all of this energy just comes out of you. No, 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 no. It's a struggle. 
It's a battle throughout the week as you pray, as you seek the Lord. You get one thought and the Lord gives you something else. You say, but God, I did all of this work. Because no, 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 no. That's not what I want you to say. Now you got to start all over. And then on Sunday morning, and the Lord switches it. And you got to stand up and you got to trust him to say what he wants you to say. <sighs> y'all don't know. Some of y'all do. You don't know. You don't know. But God is my, God is my sufficiency. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, want, I don't want to go further. I want to give you some names of some people in Scripture. I'm not just talking about us. But there are people in Scripture who felt inadequate. And of course, of course, we see Moses here. Moses is one of them. Now, when you read this text, you know, when God calls Moses, you know, now Moses now has, has, has he's um, had been raised in Pharaoh's household. You know, he was, his, uh, Pharaoh was going to kill all of the babies born in Egypt because all of the Hebrew babies born in Egypt, boys, uh, and Pharaoh's mother through his sister Miriam had saved him and he was raised in Pharaoh's house, all right? And so, excuse me, in this process, of being raised in Pharaoh's house. God is preparing Moses, but Moses doesn't realize what God is preparing him for. Let me tell you something. I've used this example, all right? You know, I told you that I loved cows, and I used to buy my little animals and have my little farm, my little cattle farm, and I was going to move to Wisconsin and buy me a dairy farm. You remember me telling you that, but the Lord didn't send me to Wisconsin. He called me to be a pastor. So I still had a flop. <laughs> See, what you, so what you don't realize is that in life, God is preparing you. You know, thank God for seminary. Thank God for Bible training. Thank God for education. It shaped my mind. It gave me tools, amen, to, 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 to pastor. It gave me tools to interpret scripture. It opened my mind to a different level in understanding of ministry. But throughout my life, God was preparing me. And throughout your life, God is preparing you. He may not be preparing you to stand in this pulpit, and proclaim a message, but he's preparing you to do a work in ministry. And, I, and let me just expand that, because when I say do a work in ministry, I'm not even necessarily talking about uh, you are the next praise and worship leader or you're the deacon of the church. No, 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 no. Ministry, ministry goes beyond these four walls. Yeah, God is preparing you to be in the marketplace. God is preparing you to be in your home and minister in your home to your husband, to your wife, to your children. God is preparing you every day you live to be engaged in some way or another in ministry. Paul talks about we're the body of Christ. And he talks about how we are a many-membered body. And he, and he, he gives example of, 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 of the church as being a body that has all of these different members with different giftings and abilities. He's preparing you. He's preparing you. So we look at Moses. We see Moses, and, and we see God calling Moses, and Moses makes all of these different excuses because Moses didn't feel adequate. He didn't. Moses really had run away from Egypt because he killed that, uh, that uh, Egyptian soldier. But he didn't realize that the hand of God was on his life the whole time. So finally in this discourse, read it, Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. And I read that. I like the way I said it in the NIV because that's what we do. Not me, Pastor. No. You don't mean you want me to do that. We don't necessarily say, not me, Lord. We just don't do it. We just don't do it. But I want you to hear the Lord today. Because God wants to raise up an army and tabernacle of praise. Well, it's not... Well, you don't just see it's the ministers, the pastor, the minister, and the elders, and a few other people in the, in, the, in the congregation who are engaged 
in sharing the gospel and living a life that glorifies God so that you are in a position where you can share the gospel. Don't you know that God will take the mess that has been in your life and use that mess to help somebody else who's going through some of the same stuff that you've gone through? Now, he don't want you to continue in that mess. Now, I have to say that. Oh, I forgot. I promised myself something last night. He doesn't want you to continue in your mess. All right. Because you got to rise. You have to rise above. You have to trust God because you want to be like Christ. So, so in this process, let me back up. See, the devil will use your mess if you stay in it. The devil will use your mess to stop you from speaking. He will use your mess to say, you're still inadequate. You can't tell anybody about this. You can't say this to anybody else. But when you repent and you, you begin to rise above that, then you can say, well, if I did do it, I did do it, but the Lord forgave me. And the reason I can talk to you is because I know that this is not the right way. You know, I know it's not the right way. It doesn't have to be sexual immorality. It could be drugs. All right? It could be being a bad wife or a bad husband. How many young men in our community need better examples of what manhood should be? And the Lord wants to use you to share with some young men about how to be a better man how to be a godly man, how to love your wife, how to love your children, how to be a responsible citizen, how to take what's in your hands and make something out of it. Let me go. So you see Moses, but that was Gideon. Gideon, when, when, the, when the, um, the Midianites were fighting the, uh, uh, Israel, they were afraid, and, and, and Gideon is, is, is threshing wheat in the wine press. He was hiding on the threshing of the web. He was hiding. And when the angel of the Lord spoke to him, Gideon basically said, me? He said, my tribe is the smallest tribe in Israel, and I'm the least in my tribe. But the Lord still called him to lead the people. That was the entire, Philist the entire Israelite army when they were fighting the Philistines and that was this giant. We know him as Goliath. And all of the army was afraid. They felt inadequate. They felt inadequate. There was Jeremiah. The Lord reminded me of Jeremiah. God called Jeremiah. Jeremiah was 17 years old. Jeremiah said, me? I'm too young. God said, don't say you're too young. Yeah, that was Paul. Paul said, yeah, God called me, but I got a thorn in my flesh. He never tells us what the thorn is, and people have assumed what the thorn was. Paul says, I sought the Lord three times to remove it, and the only answer I got was my grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, in your inadequacies, my strength is made perfect. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Are you hearing? Glory, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, so, yeah. Don't be like Moses from now on. From this point on, make it your business not to be like Moses at this point. Well, Moses said, pardon me, Lord. Send somebody else. Don't send God a text. <laughs> Don't send him an email. I said, Lord, send somebody else. When the opportunity comes, this is what you got to do. Three little things I'm going to share with you. Somebody else might preach this message and preach it a different way, but I'm going to give you what the Lord gave me. Amen. Make your excuses but engage the Lord, engage with the Lord in your struggle. When you look at Moses, Moses was making his excuses 
But he was talking to the Lord in the process, and the Lord was talking to him. This is key. In my struggles, I talk with the Lord. Amen. I talk with the Lord. God, you know this. You know me. You know how I feel. You know what I'm dealing with. God, you're calling me to do this. And I don't feel like I'm at it. God, how am I? You got to talk to him. You can't, you can't pull back and get into a corner and just deal with what's going on in your mind. So yeah, you can make your excuses, but engage with the Lord in the process. You got you to gotta, you gotta talk to him. Because when you talk to him, he's going to talk to you. Are you hearing me? He's going to talk to you. He is here to help us. He knows, our, he remembers our frame. He knows that we are dust. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our inadequacies, but yet he called us. God says, I sought the Lord. And the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient. When God said to me, when he called me to preach, when God said to me, don't listen to what people say, you see, I know what I've done in my life. You know, God knows what I've done in my life. And God knows what you've done in your life. And then what we get caught up in is what people are going to say. What are people going to say? <laughs> it doesn't matter what people are going to say. Now you be a living testimony. Let God's grace be sufficient for you. So, so what if you get up and you break verbs? But God communicates a message through you. So what if you're ministering to somebody and you break down and cry because you begin to remember the struggle that you've gone through? Let God's grace be sufficient for you. Don't pull back. Amen. Engage with God in your struggle because he is here to help you in your struggle. And engaging with God in the conversation before you get to doing it. See, you know, the Lord is trying to get you to the point that you say yes. And you're battling, you're fighting. Some of you are like Jonah. Some of y'all ran and then you ended up in the belly of a whale before you had to say yes. Don't be in the belly of a whale. If, you, if you're there, also do like Jonah, repent. Now you describe what the belly of the whale is in your life. Or how that belly looks to you and where you are. But repent and get out of there. Secondly, avail yourself to what you are assigned to do. Make yourself available to the Lord. Moses, Moses, after Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. The Bible did say God's anger burned against Moses. And God said to Moses, well, you got to, what about your brother? Yeah. You see, Moses wasn't getting out of this. But at this point, Moses has engaged with the Lord in his struggle. God didn't just get, let his anger burn against Moses in the beginning because God knows Moses' frame. I'm telling you something today. God knows your frame. God knows your inadequacies. God knows your weaknesses. But now God is trying to get you to a point well, you're going to say yes. Well, you're going to avail yourself to him. And Moses said yes. So verse 18 says, then Moses. Somebody say, then, then call your name. <laughs> then Moses went back to Jephro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. That wasn't the real reason Moses was going back. Moses was going back to do what God called him to do. Thank God for his grace. Can somebody say thank God for his grace? For your grace? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank God for, 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 for his grace. So you got to avail yourself. Moses finally submitted. Moses went back to Jephro. His father-in-law asked for permission to go back to Egypt to do what God told him to do. But if Moses had never gone back, Moses wouldn't have seen the hand of God at work. So Moses had to avail himself. If you don't avail yourself to the Lord, you will never see the hand of God at work. Amen. If God, when God sent me on the mission, for, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was going. I'd never been to Africa, to Africa before. Never, nowhere on the continent. At that time, I might have been, I might have been to Canada. But most of my life was right in South Carolina. 
But when the Lord presented the opportunity, I availed myself. Stepped off, the, stepped off the airplane, smelled an odor I'd never smelled in my life. I saw a man with a machine gun, a soldier standing at the door to the, to the, uh, to the airport gate door with a machine gun. And my heart sank. And I said, Lord, what have I got myself into? But I was there for two weeks. I couldn't get back on the plane. They said, take me back to the United States. Only to find that when I veiled myself to the Lord, the Lord stepped up. Are you understanding? You got to avail yourself to the Lord. Every Sunday, every Sunday I come in to preach, I'm availing myself to the Lord. Every Sunday, Brother Simon gets on the keyboard, he's availing himself to the Lord. Amen. Every Sunday, the praise and worship ministry gets up to minister. They are availing themselves to the Lord. Every Sunday, Lady Jackson teaches children's church. Every Sunday, the ushers usher, hospitality minister, they are availing themselves to the Lord. We may feel inadequate as we're getting up to the point, but we avail ourselves to the Lord. And it'll happen to you. I told you about the, when I went the last mission trip and I said before I left the pulpit, Lord, before I get to Kenya, I want to minister to someone. And so when that man walked up to me in the airport in Charlotte and said, may I sit beside you? I said, this is God. This is nobody but God. But I availed myself. I veiled myself. I veiled myself when I pick up the telephone. The Lord lays somebody on my heart. And I pick up that phone and I call that person. And I listen to that person and I pray with that person. I'm availing myself to the Lord. Are you hearing me? God wants you to avail yourself to him. Don't just live in your little world and deal with your problems. Amen. Many times your problems can be solved when you just avail yourself to the Lord. And while you're ministering to somebody else, you get an answer. You get a breakthrough. Avail yourself to the Lord. Is this making any sense to anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you don't know how God is going to work in your life. You don't know how God is going to, what God is going to do when you avail yourself to him, but just avail yourself to him. Don't continue to say, I can't. Don't continue to say, I'm not good enough. Don't continue to say, I don't have the knowledge. Don't continue to say, I can't speak well enough. Just avail yourself to the Lord. Moses went to Egypt. If you've heard these sermons about Moses, you see that God did everything that God said he was going to do. God told Moses, when you go, take the staff with you. God worked the signs and the wonders. All Moses had to do was show up and avail himself. Now, now listen. Let's see here. I'll, I'll come back to this point. Because this, this does go a bit further than we used to say, all I got to do is open my mouth and God will speak for me, but something, gotta, something, something has to be in you. But as you avail yourself to the Lord, you are engaging God in the struggle. You're talking with the Lord. Amen. And talking with the Lord means it. You also search the scripture. Every sermon I preach, let me tell you something. Most of the time, unless the Lord gives it to me right before I stand up, I've searched dictionaries, Bible dictionaries, amen, regular dictionaries, commentaries. I've been studying. I've been, I've been, I've been struggling. I've been dealing. I've been searching. As I'm availing myself to the Lord. But avail yourself to the Lord. Yeah. Gideon, when God spoke, when the angel of the Lord came to Gideon, and Gideon engaged in that conversation. Gideon even asked the Lord to prove himself. And God proved himself. And Gideon did what God wanted him to do. And the, the testimony about Gideon is that they defeated the Midianites and Israel had peace for 40 years because Gideon availed himself. The one who was making excuses, the one who was saying, God, you can't mean me. Can't, you, can't, you can't mean me. Jeremiah at 17 availed himself to the Lord. 
and prophesied, even though, even though he struggled, even though people fought against him. That's why, you know, I, Jeremiah was probably a part of my journey. Amen. Because I was concerned about what would happen to me in dealing with, with church people. I grew up in the church, remember? Now, from the time I laid on mama's lap, amen, I, there was never a day, uh, a time when I missed being a part of, of, of church and ministry. I was a junior deacon. I was an usher. I sang in the youth choir. I sang in the young adult choir. I mean, church, I love, you hear me say, I say I love the church. I love the church now. When I sing that song, I love thy kingdom, Lord, the house of thine abode, the church the blessed redeemer saved with his own precious blood. Oh, yes, I do. I love God's church. I don't care what y'all do. I ain't going to stop loving God's church. I love God's people. Oh, yeah, revival meeting. Y'all remember revival meeting when those people were coming? Bring all that food in the trunk of their cars. Back then, food didn't spoil. And I'd go from, from car to car and get a piece of pie from, from cutting this person and, and ain't that person. You know, that's the way we talked in the South. You know, and all those ladies in the church, my wife said, those old ladies just love you. They did. Mama Nett just loved her some Reverend Jackson. Amen. Miss I. Gill just loved it. I used to go to Sister Gill's house. She said, Brother Gill would say, mm, I don't eat good till you come. <laughs> Sister Bowell out here this morning. But even at my home church, you know, I loved the old people. I would go and sit down and talk with them. Now, we couldn't go to people's house and eat. Now, some of y'all don't understand that. But we couldn't go. But revival meeting time? On that big Sunday, you could eat anybody's food you wanted to eat because nobody was watching you. I loved it. I loved it. But the people weren't perfect. And I was old enough to hear the stories and see some of the stuff. But it never deterred me from loving God's people. Never deterred me. Yeah. So I stayed. And throughout this process, the Lord has encouraged me. For 48 years, the second Sunday of April, I believe, 2024 will be 48 years that I've been preaching the gospel. But I, I, I'll say I did it. I, I, don't, I don't know if I accepted Jesus. I joined the church at age 10. <laughs> I said with my mouth I accepted Jesus, but you know, at age 10, I didn't really understand and they didn't teach us a whole lot of stuff. So here I, here I am, I'll be, I'll be 70 years old in August. So for 60 years, well, even before then, from the time I laid on my mama's lap, and I had to be around six years old when I can remember, five or six years old when I can remember being in revival meeting, looking up at, those, at that preacher, uh, Dr. H.B. Washington, preaching a sermon and singing a song when I've done the best I could, I can, oh Lord. And my friends don't understand. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in our sight. You know how I remember I had to be five or six years old because we moved from where we were living to the house that my, where, my, where I grew up in when I was five or six years old. And it was during that time. And so this made an indelible impression in my mind. So 48 years I've been preaching, but I'll say 60 years I've been a part, or 65 years, a part of God's church. And I avail myself to the Lord, and I'm encouraged today, even if I feel like I'm inadequate. I know God has a word for his people. Last thing, last thing, you got to step out. You got to trust God. You got to trust God. And fighting inadequacy, you prepare yourself and you trust God. And I mentioned God is in the pre preparation process, but you got to trust God to do his part. Moses, as he was growing up, was being prepared to be the leader of, of, of the Hebrew people. He didn't realize it, but God was preparing him. And everything he went through was a part of that preparation process. But Moses had to step out. Say, I've got to step out. If I'm feeling inadequate, I've got to push against that inadequacy and do what the Lord tells me to do. I've got to push against that inadequacy and open my mouth and speak. I've got to push against that inadequacy and take that position. I've got to do. I can't sit back and say, not me, Lord. 
get somebody else. Read the story of, Mo, of Mary. I didn't mention Mary earlier, but Mary got a message from the, when the angel went and spoke to Mary about being the mother of Jesus. She said, how can this be? I'm still a virgin. And the angel explained to Mary what was going to happen. And Mary said, I am your servant. Let it be as you have said. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. That's how you fight these feelings of inadequacy. And it's a fight sometimes. But you got to do it. Let it be. You got to step out. You got you, you to open your mouth. You got to speak. Amen. God has given you some abilities. God has given you, like he gave Moses that, that staff in his hand. God has given you something to use. Use it for his glory. Use it for his glory. Avail yourself to him. Engage him in your struggle. Because we've got work to do. The king's business requires haste. And it takes all of us engaged in this process of ministry. If you feel inadequate in any kind of way, the Lord is speaking to you today to fight that feeling of inadequacy so he can use you and he can allow you to fulfill, through his use of you, fulfill the assignment that he's placed on your life. I pray that this message has been helpful to somebody this morning. Yeah, it's a struggle. But we win. Victory belongs to. And victory belongs to. That's just not something we sing. It's something we got to live every day. When you get out of your bed and you don't feel like facing the day, remember, that could be rooted in your inadequacy. I don't want to go to this job. You say, I'm tired. But, but, but what happened on your job yesterday that made you feel some kind of way. What did somebody say to you that made you feel some kind of way? No, push through. No, for our jobs, we're going to go because we need that money. Sometimes people don't come to worship because someone said something that rubbed them the wrong way. Now, I could be real guilty now of saying something to rub people the wrong way. But I hope most people know I'm your pastor. I, ain't, I love you. But you got to push through that. Because stuff, stuff will take us back to feeling inadequate. It'll take us back. We're human beings. The Lord remembers our frame. The Lord knows we are dust. I pray this message was kind of therapeutic. I believe that's what the Lord wants it to be. Because we got to get to the point that we engage in ministry. You know, I don't need to license 50 people for y'all to feel affirmed to engage in ministry. You don't need a license to tell somebody about Jesus. You know, you, you go to some ministries and they got 50 people and 40 of them licensed. There's something wrong with that picture. There's something wrong with that picture. You don't need a title to do what God called you to do. You don't need a title to pray for someone. You don't need a title to pick up the phone and call someone and encourage them. You don't need a title for that, but that's ministry. That's ministry. Ministry goes much farther than this pulpit. We need you engaged in ministry. Now, I could be real direct and, and, and ask some questions today, but I won't. I'll just ask it like this. We have some people on, some people who've not been to worship because they've been out sick or had surgery. How many of you picked up the phone to call them? Don't raise your hand. That's ministry. That's ministry. Well, I don't know what to say. 
No, you're adequate. You're adequate. When people miss worship for two or three weeks, do you pick up the phone and say, I was just thinking about you, I missed you this week? That's ministry. Don't need a title. I don't need to lay hands on you. We need you engaged in ministry. You've been called to the Lord to be a part of his work. And a part of his work is much bigger than singing in the praise team, playing the keyboards or the drums, teaching people to sing or preaching the gospel from the pulpit. You need to be engaged in ministry. And either you don't care or you have the strong feeling of inadequacy. Whatever way you feel inadequate, and I guarantee you for a lot of people. You see, I know I got to end this message, but there's a whole lot of stuff that happens in people's lives. I'll use the example of the baseball team with me, but there's some other stuff that happened when I was a child that if the Lord had not dealt with me on, I wouldn't be standing here today. Stuff lives with people throughout their lives. And the devil will use it so that you don't present yourself to the Lord to be used by him. Let's stand. I think I said enough. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Lord, help us. with any feeling of inadequacy that we have that's stopping us from engaging fully in life and fully in ministry. And we realize that our lives are our ministries and our ministries are our lives. They go hand in hand. Help us to see this and avail ourselves to you so that you will use us for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Like you did Moses. Like you did Gideon. Like you did Jeremiah. Like you did Paul. Just like you did Mary. And so many others. Peter and so many others. When we fail. When we make a mistake. Help us not to major on that mistake. But to trust you as a forgiving, loving Father to restore us and to strengthen us to continue to do the work of ministry. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe there's somebody today and you need to recommit yourself, reconnect, say another yes to the Because that's what this is about. Sometimes we're saying 50 and 60 yeses. But, But, you know, this whole issue of us feeling inadequate, feeling not good enough, it affects so many of us in the body of Christ. We need to overcome it. And if the Lord has spoken to you today and you've not been presenting yourself in ministry because of that, you hear the calls for participation, but you step back. You, you, you say, Lord, send somebody else. But the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to you. Will you? Will you recommit today to saying yes to the Lord? Is there anybody in the sanctuary, anybody online? If you're online, of course, you can't, you can't come in the sanctuary. But if this message has ministered to you and you realize that you've been holding back, you realize that, that you've not been giving your all 
you realize that you've been backing away because of this, this feeling of inadequacy. But the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to you today and you're saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. No more will I hold back. The next opportunity you present, I'm going to take advantage of it. Will you come today? Will you come? Will you come? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Will you come? You just need prayer with this issue. You know you're not as bold as you ought to be, and you want to be bolder. You want to step out more. You want, to, you want the Lord to use you more. Or you know that this is an issue that you've not really dealt with in your life, that this message registered with you. Maybe this is a time for you to come to the altar and say, yes. Yes, Lord. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Yes. Is there anybody else? Hmm. Praise team, you can come and minister as the Spirit of the Lord leads you. Amen. you've been blessed by the message and if you have write to us let us know how this message has impacted your life or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you you may write to us at tabernacle of praise at msn.com that's tabernacle of praise at msn.com give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you also we would like for you to sow into this ministry if you've been blessed by this work by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel and you would like to help further this cause 
we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.